As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. NBC News Radio, I'm Cameron Fairchild. New COVID-19 infections are on the decline, but the death toll continues to mount. More than 3,500 new deaths were reported across the country Friday, according to Johns Hopkins University. That's after the nation set a single-day record for COVID-19 deaths since the pandemic began, with almost 5,100 on Thursday. The U.S. Supreme Court lifts California's public health order banning indoor church services. The ruling in the case began as a lawsuit filed by the South Bay United Pentecostal Church in Chula Vista last year, along with a separate lawsuit by Harvest Rock Church in Pasadena. While the ruling by the court lifts the ban on indoor services, the 63 decision by the justices says the state may limit attendance at indoor services to 25% capacity, and singing and chanting may be restricted as well. The Supreme Court ruling overturned earlier decisions by two federal judges in California and the Ninth Circuit Court in San Francisco. Cliff Albert. Inmates are breaking windows and setting fires after escaping confinement at the St. Louis Justice Center in Missouri. Officers are working to get the situation under control in what's being called a very dangerous disturbance. Police say the inmates are secured inside the building. The polar vortex is bringing brutally cold weather to the United States. The National Weather Service says much of the country is dealing with sub-freezing temperatures. The coldest is in the upper Midwest and northern plains, with wind chills as low as 40 below zero in parts of the Dakotas. I'm Cameron Fairchild, NBC News Radio. Men, it's time to stay sharp. Now or anytime is the time to stay sharp. Have a holiday or a special event coming up. Maybe you just want to look good for that special someone. If staying sharp is important to you, then look good with the all-new Stay Sharp Barber Shop in Redlands. Get a precision blade cut or barber trim from the master barbers at Stay Sharp. It's clean, convenient, and cool. Watch sports on one of the many big screen TVs. Kick back with an adult beverage and a warm towel afterwards. Tapers, crop tops, gentlemen's cuts. Bohawks, skin fades, comb-overs, hot towel shaves, and hair design. Gentlemen, treat yourself to the special service at Stay Sharp. Walk-ins are welcome. Stay Sharp Barbershop at the Tri-City Center, just off Interstate 10 and the 215 between Alabama and Tennessee on the south side of the freeway. Call 909-272-2931. That's 909-272-2931 and stay sharp. Now, here's a new concept. Digital network advertising, where businesses display your ad inside their building. If a picture's worth a thousand words, your company is going to thrive with digital network advertising. 
Choose your marketing sites or jump on the DNA system and advertise with all participants. Your business ad or logo is rotated multiple times an hour inside local businesses where people will discover your company. Digital Network Advertising, DNA, a novel way to be seen and remembered. Digital Network Advertising with networks in Redlands and Yucaipa. Call in the 909 area, 222-9293 for introductory pricing. That's 909-222-9293 for Digital Network Advertising. One last time, Digital Network Advertising, 909-222-9293. Hmm, Southern California Edison has helpful info for emergency preparedness. Since the kids are older, we need to update our family plan again. You're right. And let's review it with them so they know what to do. They should know our evacuation plan, meeting place. What to do in a power outage and where the safety kit is. Good thinking. We can write down important phone numbers and put them in the kit. You think of everything. No. I just went to sce.com slash be prepared. A little preparation goes a long way. The caring staff at Mac Flavor Ingredients reminds everyone to please take the opportunity to give blood. By doing so, you may save the life of a friend, child, elderly person, surgery patient, or an accident victim. So give blood. It's safe, simple, and saves lives. This important reminder is a courtesy of Mac Flavor Ingredients in Riverside, where they care about the safety and welfare of our community. Be a silent hero, and if you can, give the gift of life. Give blood. Open for takeout and delivery, El Tapioc Mexican Food Restaurant in the Tri-City Center of Redlands is back. Their entire family is on hand to serve up their delicious burritos, machaca, chorizo, huevos rancheros, steak and eggs, just part of their mouth-watering great food. Since 1531, people have marveled at the miracle of El Tapioc, and now you can marvel at the great food the Lugo family has been serving up for over two decades, nestled quietly in the corner of the Tri-City Center shopping mall next to Burlington Coat Factory. Support them. They can't wait to serve you some of their delectable, authentic, south-of-the-border Mexican fare at great prices, served up with love. Support the area's best-loved Mexican food restaurant in these tough times. Order up a tasty meal on the phone for delivery or takeout, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call 909-307-0017. That's 909 909- 307-0017 or Google El Tapioc Redlands and treat yourself. KCAA You've heard AM, you've heard FM. Now, tune in to DM Radio, the world's longest running show about data. Each week, host Eric Cavanaugh interviews the brightest minds in the world of information management. Want to be on a show? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. Now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, welcome back once again. Welcome back. DM Radio, the longest running show in the world about data. That's what I like to call it. And DM Radio turns 13 today, folks. 13 years ago, way back in 2008 in Texas, we launched this show. And I remember laughing to myself after we ran the first show because I used that music for the intro. And that's actually the uh, soundtrack from the movie Repo Man. So if you go back and watch the 1983 movie Repo Man, and I realized like six months later how appropriate it is because that song is called Real 10, meaning R-E-E-L 10. And it's all about the end of the movie when he rises up into the air and flies around Los Angeles and he's been enlightened. That's the whole point. It's, it's all about enlightenment. I was like, wow, that's so cool. I'm glad my subconscious picked up on that and used that music. It's a great movie, by the way. The life of a data manager is always intense. But folks, today we're going to circle back to one of the hottest topics in the industry, analytics. The topic is analytics everywhere, upping the enterprise ante. It's table stakes these days, folks, to have analytics. We're going to hear from an absolute all-star cast. We've got Chris Hillman from Teradata, George Demarest from Kylogens, Darren Pierce from Magnitude Software, and David Leichner from Scream, that's S-Q-R-E-A-M, Technologies. All excellent guests today doing interesting things in analytics. And 
Seriously, folks, it is table stakes today to use analytics. If you think about all of the new, really cool companies that are spinning out, whether it's Silicon Valley or Texas or countries all over the world, they're doing something with data, with intelligence. It's not just business intelligence. Now it's analytics and it's real time. It's continuous intelligence. We'll hear about that from Darren. And we'll hear about analytics one, two, three from Chris Hillman. But the point is, folks, there are so many ways you can do it these days. There are so many great technologies you can use. You can just rent the analysis. You can rent the hardware, the software, all that fun stuff. You don't have to build data centers anymore. Like a guy said a couple of years ago, friends don't let friends build data centers anymore unless you want to get very serious and go compete with Amazon, which someone might do soon. So we'll find out about that. But let's dive right in because we have so many guests and so much good content to get through today. So Chris Hillman of Teradata and the data science team over there, tell us a bit about this analytics one, two, three concept that I just love. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Eric. And uh, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I feel older. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically, we, we work with like big enterprises mostly, and we've seen them uh, really investing a lot of time and effort and money into uh, AI and uh, machine learning initiatives over the last few years. Um, and what you don't see is, is the, the sort of corresponding uptake in um, profitability and return on investment from that huge investment that they've been making. Um, and, and we see that, you know, I, I liked, I'm a bit of a Lord of the Rings fan. I like to say at one point, this, this eye of Sauron is going to come round to that team and is going to say, what have you been doing? You know, where's <laughs> going the money? You know? <laughs> so somebody with a budget is going to say that, you know? Um, and, and we, so, so we see part of the problem is this, um, this pipeline view. Google called it out a few years ago um, in, their, in their paper. And uh, the way the data scientists put everything into a pipeline. So, so what we've come up with is this one, two, three strategy to try and decouple that pipeline and make it so that stuff can be not only in the data science lab and as a project, but also be a production ready um, product in some ways. Um, so the one is data management, data management for AI a hugely important topic that often gets kind of overlooked. Um, the two is the model training, is the bit with the algorithm, the fancy bit, the bit that everybody wants to talk about. Uh, and the three is production. Is so, so it's where you get the, you know, the value from predictions. Um, and, and by decoupling it like that, you can deal with each part individually. Um, yeah, and so I like that. I like that. So I'm a big fan of cliches. I, one of these days, I'm going to write a book about how if you understand even the top 50 most prevalent cliches in your language, you're going to do just fine in, in your life because there's so much wisdom baked into them. As my uh, business partner, Dr. Robin Bloor, once said, it's the wisdom they couldn't kill is kind of how he refers to these things. But you remind me in number one of a, a classic cliche that says, well begun is half done. In other words, if you get off to the right start, you're halfway there, man. But if you don't, whoo, man, it's painful. It's painful to go back. I mean, you just can't do it, right? So I think a lot of uh, the, the projects that get off track, get off track right at the bat because they didn't dot their I's and cross their T's, right, Chris? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's a good phrase. I like that. I like that. Um, and you see, what, what, what happens is that the, the data science guys tend to work on a project-by-project project basis. Mm -hmm. So they'll go to a source data. They'll do something we call feature engineering, which is the real clever bit of turning the data into the input to a model. Um, and then they'll work their way through the pipeline. So, so, you know, if you're working on a retail model and you were doing demand forecasting, um, you do all that work. And if I come along and want to do price optimization, 90% of that data is the same. You know, it's all transactions from the till. So why would I start from scratch again? Right. Because that's the way data scientists work. So <laughs> that's the way they like to work. Um, so so we, there's, a, there's a big thing in the industry at the moment called the feature store, um, yeah. uh, the enterprise feature store. So the idea is I build those features, I build that data, I put it somewhere so that when you come to do your project, it's already well begun. It's half done before you've even started because you right. can pick up that those features. And this is something that's really missing in a lot of data science architectures. Well, and you know what's interesting, too, is if you think about the evolution of our whole space and of enterprise technology, 
there's this concept in chemistry called a step change, right? Where it's not just an incremental improvement, right? You get a kind of improvement and you get a big step change and then more improvement slow or even go down. But we're in that step change period right now. And if you look at some of the most incredible and powerful technologies coming out of companies like Google and Salesforce, et cetera, they have done just what you suggested in they have decoupled the component parts so I can work on the foundation that will not affect adversely everything around me, which is how it used to be. If you like, it was like Jenga before you pull out one at the bottom, the whole thing falls down. That's done now, at least for the people doing it correctly, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's a very kind of, it's a cloud-based story, isn't it? You know, it's uh, right. everything now is components that you slot together right. into an architecture rather than being a, a monolithic design. Yeah, which is yeah. It's right. And it's, you know, one of the things about the feature store and it's one of the later guests, George, is going to talk about uh, a BI tool. And, of course, it tends to be that the data science teams and the traditional analytics teams don't speak to each other. You know, they're very <laughs> much in silos. Um, and, and that's probably on purpose. Rather than, but um, if, you're, if, you're, if your data generated from your data science activities is in a feature store and not in some kind of, unmaterialized code in a GitHub repository, then it means other people can use it. It means it can be used in, in, a, in a BI world as well as in a data science world, which again is important. Oh, interesting. That's it. And so folks, they have a white paper on this. I think it's coming out soon. Watch for that. Analytics one, two, three. And I, I like even the way you broke it down. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply those big component parts. Those are three major steps, but you want to get them in order. You want to do the data management first, make sure you've gotten that taken care of. Then you do the fun stuff, as you suggest, which is the modeling and understanding how you can leverage these technologies. And then the last step, that's where rubber meets road and you go into production. And that's, I think, where the, the second big bucket of mistakes occur, right? I think we're all pretty good at modeling in the industry. That's the fun part, yeah. but it's getting set up, the blocking and tackling, and then the last mile, which is like, you know, got the Super Bowl in a couple of days. That's you're in the red zone. Like, pay attention. My Saints are out because they didn't score a touchdown the first two times down there. Anyway, go ahead. Final comments from you, Chris. Yeah, that, see, in, where I'm from, where football's played with the... I know. With the <laughs> that's that's right. But anyway, um, so, so yeah, the, the three in the production, this, this again is, is where, you know, this is where the money is. This is where the, the show me the money bit comes in. And, um, you know, one of the things that's a problem is that because we're technology people, we tend to think that the reason stuff doesn't go into production has to be a technical problem. Right. And often it's a business or a process or a trust or, a, you know, just a knowledge problem. And, and if you get that bit right and in, involve the, business people and put the predictions in the right place where the business process is then it really eases that that flow you know we we like to talk about uh, accountable ai there's a lot of things about ethical and but accountable so a decision that's made by a model has to be accountable so you have to find out what data was in 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 place when that prediction was made what model was in place who who approved the accuracy, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's only by having that as a, as a part of the process that you completely focused on that that will work, yeah. uh, rather than, as I say, built as a pipeline for mental ending. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We'll stick around for the roundtable. Let's go to our second guest today. We've got Darren Pierce calling in virtually from New York City from Hudson Yards. That's his background there. I don't know if you're actually in Hudson Yards, but it looks like you are. 
And uh, I, so, Darren, I love this concept of continuous intelligence. So tell us a bit about that, Darren Pierce from Magnitude. Yeah, great, Eric. And uh, I wish I was in Hudson Yards. I really don't. I'm uh, in this in a snow-capped Boston area. Oh. So, um, yeah, I mean, the way we think about it is it's kind of like uh, we like to describe it as sort of like the, think about the analogy of Splunk and what it does for your exhaust fumes that come out of your your, your data centers and your infrastructure environment. But instead of for you know data centers and system infrastructure, it's for the most valuable data inside your enterprise. So how do I build a continuous intelligence platform for about uh, supply chain, order management, fulfillment, um, you know, invoicing, order management? And so what we do is we tightly integrate with leading enterprise applications like SAP and Oracle, eBusiness Suite, and JD Edwards. And what we've done is combined more traditional analytics and insights about what's happening, what's likely to happen with two other disciplines. One is AI and ML to be able to get continuously smarter about the process. But second, but but thirdly and more importantly is the the reverse engineering of the business process or the business process models inside those environment, aka process mining. Mm -hmm. And what process mining really does is it allows you to through, through sort of reference models, re- discover the actual as ex- executed processes in near real time. Um, and, based, and based on that rever- reverse process model, you're able to you know, really tie that back to the underlying data of the, the business impact on late arriving raw materials, ineff- inefficient supply chain processes, uh, or financial close processes across the enterprise. And so we liked about to think about this as the ability to create an automated closed loop from data to insights and then speed the path to action through this underlying system in a contiguous way. That's the, in, in its nutshell is continuous intelligence. Yeah, and I love this concept of process mining. I've been studying that for, I guess, almost three years now since a company called Salonis out of Germany made it popular. And when I first took the briefing, I was very excited about tracking the data footprints and then being able to write back to those operational systems. To me, that was the jaw-dropping moment because if you think about it, in terms of process intelligence and process analytics, hitherto, the, the dreaded process analyst would study everything and figure something out and then would have to pray that someone would listen to him or her and actually change something. And I'm guessing that happened like 5% of the time and 95% of the time, like, uh, no, man, we're in operations. Don't touch it, man. Don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So now we, we have this intelligence and that really is, you mentioned closing the loop. That's when you get it all together, because now if you can actually understand the process and change the process and then track the improvement, that's it. That is digital transformation, right? 100% right. You're spot on. And I think it, you know, it happens at varying levels of sophistication inside the enterprise. Maybe, maybe just a couple of examples to bring this to life for you. So, you know, if you're a beer drinker, I guarantee you've supported one of their products, one of these vendors' products. I certainly have. And, and so they discovered that they had just a massive amount of back orders inside the system, which they were continuing to kind of accrue inventory inside their supply chain system as a result of. And so they they kind of tracked back from a process model perspective what led to all of those instances of the environment. And if you like, that develops the insights for, um, you know, for, for what ultimately ends up being tens of millions of dollars of, or tens of millions of euros in their case of inventory, which they're accruing for in the manufacturing and production of fulfillment process, but they actually don't have underlying demand. Um, and you can only do that if you can track the business process right from the initial order creation, uh, sorry, the, the, the supplier inventory all the way to the fulfillment demands uh, and sales order demands inside those applications, which is often spread across systems. You know, another example is sort of a very large energy provider uh, that we're working with literally right now. They're moving a lot of their, um, they're really moving a lot of their supply chain operations to be centered out of Europe um, and Central Northeast Asia uh, for for efficiency purposes. And, and, and you know, given what's happening between the, the UK and Europe uh, with Brexit and, and they really need to better understand the bottlenecks and the end-to-end process or a, uh, you know, one of the largest consumer goods providers that, you know, supply all the major retail supermarkets across the U.S. 
you know, as the COVID hotspots hit and rolled out across the U.S., they had to shut down distribution centers, reconfigure their supply chain, you know, change the movement, you know, change the movement pattern and shipment patterns. And, and the consequences are quite, you know, they're, they're foundational not only in the moment, but they have longer ranging consequences that you may not think about. Like, what, what is my average reorder level entry point? That I'm, uh, you know, that I'm setting up inside my system for a given vendor. Well, that's changed pretty substantially today than it was a year ago, or, or nine months ago, as I moved to, you know, further offshore operations, where I bring to a nearshore operation. So, keeping that system running as efficiently as possible for some of the largest companies in the world through continuous intelligence is the really the way we see uh, the future of analytics. Yeah, and that that's so cool because again. It is closing the loop. If you think about where we were, let's say, 10 years ago, there were great things happening. We would build data warehouses, do some analysis in an OLAP cube. We'll find out about a, a clever architecture in the next segment from Kylogens. Uh, and that was all great, but it was basically uh, an offline process, meaning the analysis was done offline. Someone would come up with some ideas, then they'd present it to the board, and it would take time. You'd have this latency from idea to action, basically. And what's happening now, as you're hearing from Darren Pierce from Magnitude Software, is you can actually plug and play and make that a continuous process where you're optimizing as you go. You don't any longer have to wait two weeks, three months for, you know, for some project to come in and try to implement the ideas that you had in the boardroom somewhere or in the analysis cage, if you will. No, you can actually weave all this stuff together and get this continuous intelligence that is always optimizing your business. And when it comes to supply chain, that's one lesson we have learned. Well, folks, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. You are listening to DM Radio. Lately, I love to get out of the house and go on a drive, but I hate driving through storms. That's why I drive with wiper blades that can handle any weather. The Michelin Endurance XT Silicone Wiper Blades are crafted with advanced quad tech, four-layered coated silicone that repels water, snow, and ice, and lasts two times longer than other blades. It's so dependable, Rainier Zeitlo broke a world record driving from Alaska to Argentina, over 16,000 miles with these blades. The Michelin Endurance XT Silicone Wiper Blades are real-world proven. Get a pair today only at Walmart. Carmen's startup found an angel investor, but now they're asking for a miracle from her development team. Hello, this is Carmen. That's exciting news. I guess we could launch early. It's time to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. This era of accelerated digital transformation brings new opportunities for growth and long-term business resiliency. On Wednesday, October 21st and Thursday, October 22nd, join us at the Dell Technologies World Digital Experience to hear from CEO and founder Michael Dell, featuring an exclusive TED Salon, interactive demos, and a special performance by the Black Pumas. Join your colleagues, peers, and a community of experts, partners, and customers from around the world at the Dell Technologies World Digital Experience. For more information or to register for the event, visit www.delltechnologiesworld.com. The event and registration is free, and you can sign up in less than 60 seconds. Don't miss out. What's the longest-running radio show in the world focused on data? DM Radio. Since 2008, we've interviewed hundreds of the brightest minds in the business world. Want to be a guest sometime? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. That's info at dmradio.biz. The state of Illinois is buying a building on Chicago's near west side for $73 million. It's part of a wider plan to consolidate state employees from several downtown buildings, including the James R. Thompson Center. Governor J.B. Prister announced the sale earlier this week, saying state officials plan to move more than 1,000 employees from the Thompson Center and several leased offices downtown to a 17-story, nearly 430,000-square-foot building, which was once regional offices for PepsiCo. State officials say they're trying to save money by reducing leasing costs, and the move could save roughly $21 million each year. So the state is actually trying to save money. Who else could they get a better deal from than themselves? And since my taxpayer dollars is paying for this wonderful building, why not make the state employees comfortable in one location? Even though moving them to this new building creates an empty Thompson Center. 
Well, I know who's looking for a lot of space as of January 20th. I'm Darian Sims, and this is how I see it. If you run a large corporation, small business, or anything in between, you need ads to help get the word out. A full page in the newspaper sounds good. A TV spot sounds even better. But let's face it, newspapers are essentially last-minute wrapping paper, and a TV spot is just expensive and basically code for bathroom break. Talk radio is different. Commercials cost practically nothing to produce, and the listeners are loyal. They like what they like, and they stay tuned in. When they hear about a new product or service during their favorite show, they can't wait to try it out for themselves so they can talk about it with their friends. And you know how radio listeners like to talk. If you want to add radio to your marketing portfolio, you need the Gab Radio Network. Gab Radio is the team of full-service experts you've been looking for, from writing to production, distribution, voiceover, and more. We make sure your spots are paired with the right shows in the right markets at the right time of day so the right people can hear. Since we're in over 100 markets across 34 states, Canada, and American Samoa, I'd say it's a pretty good place to start. If you want to know more, just email sales at gabradionetwork.com. That's sales. Welcome back to DM Radio. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. folks welcome back to dm radio talking all about analytics and intelligence intelligent life watch the movie repo man it's so funny aliens they have aliens they have scientology it's got it all (laughs) so with that let's bring in our next guest doing really cool stuff in this new era of analytics george demarest of kyligence tell us about distributed olap so yeah i'm i'm way in the weeds compared to uh to some of the other topics today so um, when we talk about analytics everywhere, um, more and more we're talking about analytics in the cloud, and um, and cloud itself will become the ultimate commodity for IT spending. And then when you analyze what it takes to do analytics in the cloud, you know it's it's storage costs and it's CPU costs and network bandwidth, and uh, so we focus on um, on doing uh, on doing interactive analytics on very very large data sets and in order to do that uh, if you are relying on a data warehouse or a, a SQL engine um, you'll soon become CPU bound and and be paying tons for queries so uh, we are based on a on an OLAP model where you pre-compute results and then instead of having to do big expensive compute operations to do analytics, you can just look up the pre-computed answers, and that's how. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How our customers can interact with data, even if it's hundreds of terabytes or even petabytes of data interactively, as in a second or two response times. Even if you're using Power BI or Excel, whatever your BI tool you, you the the back end really has to do the work of 
you know, reducing the commodity cost of computing in the cloud for analytics. And that's what Kyogens does. We, we speed up query by pre-computing pre results and putting them in a very large cluster um, that then you know, people can do, you know, much uh, lighter weight queries and just get the answers rather than to have to recompute everything all the time. And that's where the costs of the cloud will really get you every time. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought this up because what what uh, George is speaking to here is how you get charged off. And, and of course, that's been a fascinating game over the past 30 years, right, of how the vendors actually charge people. Is it by user? Is it by compute? Is it by terabyte? There are all these different ways we've been trying to, to nail that down, and it's, it's constantly in motion. And then, of course, Amazon comes along with Amazon Web Services. Now Google is heavily in that game. Microsoft is heavily in that game. And so they're all kind of competing with each other. But what you're really talking about is the pricing model, and that's a really important thing to understand. Because at the end of the day, like Chris said, someone's going to come knocking on your door and say, I got this bill, uh, explain to me what I paid for. And so it's really interesting that you have taken this distributed approach. And I think that was really one of the best aspects or, or um, benefits, if you will, that spun out of the whole open source movement on data with the Hadoop stuff and then Spark and some of these other projects is we really nailed down distributed architectures and allowing many small nodes to divvy up the work, right? Yes, and you know, people have been declaring how you know Hadoop is the lost decade or what what have you. You know, but it was an important learning experience that mm -hmm. distributed computing had to be solved in some way. And That's right. you know, MapReduce is the first take on it. It was simple. It was brutal. Um, but then Spark emerged, a much smarter way to do that type of processing. And then on top of that, all that, you know, data science has blossomed and machine learning and AI and all that stuff, all which takes an incredible amount of computing power. So any way you can reduce, you know, the redundant compute that you have to do, you know, is going to eventually save you in the end. Yeah, that's right. And I think you're exactly right about um, the Hadoop movement, that we learned a lot of good lessons there. And just different things happened, right? I mean, I think that part of the sales pitch for Hadoop was cheap storage. And then cloud comes along and just undercuts on price. And guess what? That's no longer a value proposition, right? Right. And that you, you know, the thought was at the very beginning that you had a little bit of storage and you had compute power in every node of a, you know, 20,000 node cluster. And that's fine for a Google or for a, you know for someone uh, you know a, a born of the of the cloud kind of company. But if you're doing you know modern analytics, you know a lot of people are actually having the more of the shared storage model. That's the Snowflake model where you have lots of compute distributed, but the storage and the you know the data engineering is done. You know, and and the storage on, on on basically object storage in the cloud. So that is really how it's changed in the last decade since Hadoop first reared its uh, head in the primordial big data ooze. Right, and uh, and folks, just to explain to some some folks out there, like how strange the universe is. Right, so uh, I, I have some backstory on the whole issue with Spark and Databricks and all that. And the story is that it was really conceived of by an intern at Cloudera, but it was all about machine learning and data science and not about SQL. And so the folks at, uh, at Cloudera kind of thumbed their noses at it is what is the story I've been told. Well, Cloudera's market cap is now about $5 billion, whereas Databricks is now valued at $28 billion. And oh, by the way, there's a company called Snowflake that now has a market cap of $85 billion. So I'm pretty sure that SQL is winning, even though all the other stuff is great. We get that. But, you know, sometimes you can be a bit ahead of your time and just make strategic missteps that cost you dearly. But what do you think about all that, George? Well, certainly uh, Spark and Databricks uh, benefited from second mover advantage that right. uh, there are so many technical issues with the Hadoop architecture um, that just weren't great and uh, the file system being a notable one. Uh, and uh, so, so um, Matthias and uh, the, the Spark people and Databricks, you know, they, they went cloud, you know, cloud first. Um, maybe before a lot of people thought was a good idea. Um, 
but uh, it was the right idea, and a lot of a lot of companies are following suit. And Snowflake has really benefited from you know doing a cloud native approach to analytics and data warehousing, and that is really our 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 mission and our direction as well. That uh, the Kyogen's cloud is you know a cloud native, cloud first type of architecture. Yeah, and we're actually doing some research on that, um, folks. So if anyone wants to get involved, uh, send me an email, info at dmradio.biz. We're looking into cloud native, what it means, why it's important. But I think you're right, George, that taking that cloud native approach, first of all, it's a moving target to a certain degree. But nonetheless, it is the future. It's where things are going. You know, you don't uh, just buy a bigger server anymore. You go into the cloud, you get more nodes. And there are lots of ways you can do that. So cool. All right, let's bring in uh, David Leichner from Scream, our final guest, and uh, George, stick around for the roundtable. David, tell us a bit about Scream and what you folks are doing in the analytics space. So at Scream, uh, we have a GPU-based uh, data analytics acceleration platform, which was built specifically for analyzing massive amounts of data. And I just want to make one point about um, the valuations of the companies before I, <laughs> I go on. Please. Uh, <laughs> You know, when you're giving away money at 0% interest, uh, companies take it and the valuations uh, go through the roof on the, on the financial markets. That's I right. think uh, what we've seen the last couple of days with uh, what's been happening with a couple of stocks that have been run up and then run down and the retail, the, I basically said, yeah, a couple of hedge funds might get into trouble, but the retailers will lose their pants. And that's yeah. what happens when it goes from 350 down to 80 in one day. And I think we have to be really, really careful of what we see in the valuations. And I lived sure. through the dot bomb of uh, the dot com <laughs> bomb in 2000. And I think all of you did as well. So I think we really need to be careful. That said, I think um, the companies that you know, our position to take advantage of the cloud. Uh, I think that they came out at the right times. Uh, we here at uh, Scream, we have um, the ability to run both on-premise and on the cloud. That said, most of our customers today still have the bulk of their data on-premise, and that's what we're seeing in the market. And even when I spoke to a couple of analysts recently, um, they, I said to them, one of the, the largest analyst group um, in the market, and I said, okay, so how many companies do you know that have more than 500 terabytes of data on the cloud that they're actually analyzing on the cloud. And they put up two hands. And I said, that's it? They said, maybe up to 50. So, you know, if you're talking about large telecoms, if you're talking about large banks because of regulations and compliance, if you're talking about healthcare, also because of regulation and compliance, you'll find that most of the data is on-premise. And right. they're doing a lot of the analytical work either on-premise or they're moving some of that up to the cloud. And I'll give you a little preview. We, we actually did a survey uh, that's going to come out next week, the, 2000, the 2021 Challenges of Massive Data Analytics report. And we had three really interesting findings. Uh, one was that 59% of organizations expect their data to grow by 50% or more in the coming year. The second is 82% of organizations face challenges when it comes to analyzing massive volumes of data. And the third is that 87% of organizations lack the budget they need to analyze their exponentially growing data stores. Wow. So, you know, when we, I, I, there's, there's a, a, um, a quote by a guy named Alexander von Humboldt. I was running in the Tiergarten in Berlin last November when we could still travel. Yeah. And when I came out of the Tiergarten back to the hotel, there was a statue on the street of an old guy, you know, old time guy. Turns out he was a philosopher, mathematician holding a, a small globe. And I went back to the room and I looked him up and he, and he had a quote that was like amazing. And it said, I saw with regret and all scientific men have shared this feeling that whilst the number of accurate instruments was daily increasing, we were still ignorant. Mm -hmm. And wow. you know, we're 200 years later, we have data stores of petabytes and some places exabytes of data, and we're not able to analyze that data. So, you know, you asked, what is Scream? We are the solution for helping to analyze the data. And if we're talking about AI models, and AI and ML models, talking about being able to help to segment that data, to classify that data, and to bring it down to the point that you can actually feed into your models the, the comprehensive data that you want in order to come out with the best results. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really great insight. Um, and I have to say, 
that uh, I love to point something out on these shows, which is that the rumors of the on-prem data center's demise have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> There's going to be a very long tail to these data centers for all kinds of reasons. One, they're being amortized. Two, they're in place, they're operational, they're working. But you're going to see bursting into the clouds and you're going to see very clever ways of leveraging the cloud as the next layer of the architecture, right, David? Absolutely. I can tell you that we did a comparison for one of the very large telecoms, uh, tier one, and uh, we, they wanted us to show how we could do vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, Google BigQuery. And we actually came out um, quite, you know, it was, we, we weren't, um, you know, we didn't cut it down by 90%. We cut it the time down by 30%. Mm. But when it compared to the on-premise, uh, it was ridiculous. It was like 80, 90% on the wow. time it took and the cost, the cost level as well. Right. So, you know, one of the things that um, Gartner said to us in the beginning was that they tell their customers that um, if you're going into the cloud, think about uh, anywhere between 150 to 250% higher cost than what it is that you think you're gonna actually have to spend. Wow. So it's, it's uh, you know. That's crazy. And, and I yeah. think that uh, you, we are going to see a better awareness now of costs on-prem versus costs in the cloud. I think we're getting closer and closer because there are a whole bunch of technologies that are now able to kind of scan across these environments. And you're going to see these hybrid cloud, multi-cloud situations forever. That's never, ever, ever going to go away. I think that Google and, and Microsoft and uh, Amazon are here to stay and be shocked if any of them disappeared. And you're going to see companies that can reach into each of those environments and they'll learn fairly quickly which kinds of workloads work best in Amazon versus Google versus Microsoft versus on-prem. And that's the intelligence that people need to, to be able to plan effectively and leverage this whole sort of cornucopia of instruments that we have today. Right, David? Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, when we went from mainframe to client server. And I think that's what's going to end up happening with the cloud. The cloud are going to be the servers up in the cloud, and you'll have some local apps running there, and you're going to keep stuff on-premise, and we're going to have this hybrid uh, multi-layer environment, which uh, it won't be for every company. So the smaller companies, I think they're going to go completely cloud, and the new right. companies, they're going to go completely cloud. But when we look at the, you know, the traditional banking, telecom, healthcare, I think it's going to take you know, 10 to 15 years before a major amount of their data will, will find its way to the cloud. After you, after you deal with security issues or you know, compliance is issues like uh, gap, non-gap, IFRS and in the financial industry, you know, uh, HIPAA and everything else in the, in the healthcare, it's, there's a lot to privacy that's, issues all over Europe. You know. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's exactly correct. And uh, it is going to be fun to see as we have, and there was a great conference called Strata, which hopefully will come back. But there yeah. is the stratification of data and stratification of functionality. And uh, we talked about this earlier with Chris Hillman. We'll bring him back right after the break here to talk about this. Um, these architectures are really important and understanding these architectures are important. And what you want are those modules, those components that kind of talk to each other, but you can optimize in their own environment without upsetting the whole Apple car. But folks, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with a roundtable discussion with these great guests. You're listening to the longest running show in the world about data. It's called DM Radio. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Here's some new inventions for 2021. Volkswagen reveals a prototype for a fully autonomous electric car charging robot, which VW says will work in places like underground car parks. And another robot with a body made from ice, yes, ice, has been developed by researchers from the Grasp Lab at the University of Pennsylvania. Ice robots. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. 
Here's today's top automotive tech story. I'm Nick Miles. Truis and General Motors have announced that they have entered a long-term strategic relationship with Microsoft to accelerate the commercialization of self-driving vehicles. The company will bring together their software and hardware engineering excellence, cloud computing capabilities, manufacturing know-how, and partner ecosystems to transform transportation to create a safer, cleaner, and more accessible world with the mission to bring more affordable transportation to everyone. For more automotive tech news, go to testmiles.com. These may be un- uncertain times, but what is certain is that every family needs a reliable thermometer. Protect your family with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, physicians, and clinics. Stay safe with Exergen. You're listening to Global American Broadcasting, the Gab Radio Network. For more info on our programs and services, including technical operations and syndication, please visit gabradionetwork.com. Are you looking to promote healthy lung function? Quantum Nutrition Labs has exciting news. Our lung support is back, and it's better than ever. This comprehensive botanical formula featuring bromelain, N-acetyl-L-cysteine, and organic cranberry is designed for optimal lung support. For a limited time, buy two bottles and get the third one free. Call 1-800-370-3447 or visit us online at qnlabs.com. That's 1-800-370-3447 or visit qnlabs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, PhD, host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Today's top automotive tech story, I'm Nick Miles. Hyundai Motor Company and Kia Motors Corporation have revealed new details of their innovative heat pump system deployed in Hyundai's and Kia's global electric vehicle lineup to maximize their all-electric driving range in low temperatures. It is a heat management innovation that maximizes the distance that Hyundai and Kia EVs travel on single charges, using waste heat to warm the cabin without significantly impacting electric driving range. For more automotive news, go to testmiles.com. The all-new Highlander comes equipped with five USB ports, perfect for fully charging everyone's smartphone. No phone is dying on your watch. That's how you go Highlander. Toyota, let's go places. May not be compatible with all mobile phones, MP3, WMA players, and like models. You're listening to Global American Broadcasting, the Gab Radio Network. For more info on our programs and services, including technical operations and syndication... Welcome back to DM Radio. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, back here on DM Radio, talking all about analytics everywhere. Table stakes these days, and... uh, Every part of the process is important. I mean, you can't drop the ball on any of these. But the fun stuff we were saying earlier really probably is the modeling. And I think it's going to be more fun now if companies actually block and tackle appropriately. What do you think about that? I'll throw it over to uh, Chris Hillman from Teradata. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you've got to, when you, we're talking about scale, um, modeling at scale, there's, we, we think of two different types of scale. There's, there's, there's like vertical scale, like one massive model. You know, we were talking to um, Verizon, one of our customers, it's public um, use case, where they, they had a model with 300 million, um, you know, customers. Well, it was actually the whole US they were trying to model. So that's a huge model on a vertical scale. But then we also talk about horizontal scale, which is this kind of idea of the segment of one. So you actually build a customer-specific model just for that one customer. Um, and then that's a very different thing to cope with. Because one is a huge data set, you know, you've got to plow through. One is very small data sets, but lots and lots of them. So, again, it comes back to that. You've got to get your data sorted. And when you have got, you get, got your data sorted, you then need the analytic, you need the horsepower in your analytic system to actually do that processing. 
Um, so I think it's quite interesting that what David was talking about. It really kind of fits that that kind of idea that if you get your data sorted, then you can do your analytics at scale. Um, and, and it can all be, as we say, accountable because you, you've got that done, you know, and, and the idea of the feature store then is that if you want to build another model, you haven't got to go through that whole process again. You, you, it's all, you know, 80% of it, let's say it's always a good number, 80% of it is already fixed and sorted and, and clean, you know, so... Um, yeah, I think that's really important. I like this feature set concept and I like having modules that you can build like Lego blocks, right? I mean, if you look at cloud and when you start leveraging cloud, you're building data pipelines and workflows and things of that nature. And the more abstract you can get that while still providing the granularity necessary to get everything connected, that's when regular business users can do really powerful things and you don't have to be there coding Python to get the right algorithm to get what you want. And that, that's the, I think really the ideal is you want business people who understand data that can sit down and put together a pipeline and really understand. And, you know, frankly, um, there, there were companies that did this a number of years ago. There were companies, uh, there's one, it's slipping my mind now that got bought by um, SAP, OKXEN. Uh, is who it was. And they really thought through the whole workflow of building these models. And when you do that properly, it, it helps the user understand what they're doing. And that just completes the picture, right, Chris? Yeah, right. And that, that's a bit like I was saying about, you know, having the business users involved in this helps way down the line when you're talking about them actually using the results. You know, we, we were talking with a retailer and they're saying they built this fantastic forecasting system but it didn't really go into production because it made one mistake and, um, you know, nobody nobody trusted it anymore because they hadn't been involved in the process of actually building it and seeing what it did. So, yeah, sometimes the black box approach isn't, yeah. Oops, I think the black boxes are going away is what's going to happen <laughs> here. But I'll uh, I'll throw that over to Darren Pierce of Magnitude to, to comment on. I mean, we talk about accountability. You need transparency. You need to see what's happening. You need to be able to explain what's happening. We talk about explainable AI. And I think that's the general direction we're going. I don't think black boxes are going to be too prevalent in the future. But what do you think, Darren? Yeah, I think it's interesting. And, I, and you know, there's a there's a there's a a lot of merit in thinking about ML ops in the same way as we think about DevOps inside an organization and, and building a, you know, I think about, think about the processes that, that we seek to strive for in a continuous intelligence, continuous integration, continuous delivery model in an environment with, with, with a very mature quality testing with very explainable white box outcome driven outcomes and, and testing. A lot of that, those those models, if you go one level down, apply very similarly to to you know building and maintaining your machine learning models, uh, developing your, developing and maintaining your algorithms, and uh, building your release control processes around how do I introduce changes, how do I explain those changes, and get confidence in the outcome. So, I think there's some really interesting lessons in in a, to be learned in in, in ML ops around. Uh, you know the, the the engineering practices of of agile that we've been you know spending the last few decades perfecting. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, ML ops, uh, Darren is referring to machine learning ops, and really we've kind of I think that that shows the maturation in the industry that we've broken it down to the different ops. Right? There's DevOps, there's data ops, there's ML ops. These are the, the the different component parts that we're talking about. And if you design your architecture properly, and that's the direction of the cloud and cloud native, then that's all just kind of baked in. That's what I love about the cloud is that a lot of these lessons learned have been baked into the architecture of the cloud solutions themselves, right, Darren? 100% right. And, and I think, you know, that's the point that I, you know, the counterpoint of the cost argument of the cloud is just the incredible access to services to innovate. Um, you know, and I see across every enterprise, you know, Top three enterprises in this segment in the world spending massive amounts of money on on an AWS or an Azure stack, and and then I see, you know, really small enterprises just moving in, in the same direction because they they're having to to try and compete, uh, and it doesn't matter if you're you know leveraging you know SageMaker or using Kinesis for streaming the data to those environments, the entire solution is you know all of the bill of materials if you like are there and ready and accessible. Mm -hmm. um, and you can compose your integrated architecture. So I, I saw, um, you know, during 2020, particularly 
just a massive shift in the conversation from what were reticent, you know, laggard industries uh, in, in, the, in the shift to cloud where they moved all of their innovation workloads to take advantage of, you know, the, the opportunities that are available in those environments and ecosystems. Yeah, I think you're right. And so just real quick comment on COVID, I'll bring uh, George back in from Cotligence. COVID is the ultimate forcing function, right, to throw a machine learning term out there. It, it forced companies to change. And I think that's one of the best aspects or spinoffs, if you will, or spin outs from this whole horrible pandemic is that companies have really focused on sharpening their pencils and getting stuff done. We had a guy, the chief data officer for Novant Health on the show last year, Carl Hightower. He said they accomplished five years of digital transformation roadmap in five months. Like, wow, that's when you, you, you have to do something, you're going to get it done, right, George? Yeah, well, I think uh, we're seeing that everyone now, uh, well, I, I know myself, I'm doing a lot more homework. I'm doing, I'm a, I can focus a lot more on, uh, on improving uh, processes because uh, you know I can't. I'm not allowed to go outside. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, this all also points to the uh, the the data engineer as uh, as the the hero in uh, in analytics too. That there's uh, um, there's so much value that's gained when and this is something Chris mentioned that when you have the data modeled correctly and organized correctly and that's same thing for query optimization and for queries if you know and and the you know fundamental to what you know people call OLAP is uh, you know you can put uh, you can pre-compute every last result but if you don't have the smarts you might you might be using 10 times as much storage and 10 times as much compute to do that, so um, so I think that uh, the, the data engineering is is clearly um, you know become so critical. And now that uh, that people know how to apply machine learning and and, and more advanced predictive analytics, that uh, that even some of those data engineering processes. Uh, can be intelligent and can be m much more efficient and faster. So all that stuff, yeah, is a, is a result of a lot of people with time on their hands to solve these problems, I think, with COVID. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, 60 seconds left, but we'll get you back in the uh, podcast bonus segment. I'll throw it over to David Leichner. Um, yeah, you can optimize any part of the stack, right, David? Yeah, so I think uh, just on, on what was being said, that uh, if three years ago I might have introduced a data engineer to the to the data scientist in an organization, and neither one of them actually knew how much uh, you know it costed to to store data or to uh, you know to uh, to bring that data through the pipeline. One of the things we've seen over the over this COVID period is that the data leaders, the the uh, data chief data officers, have been empowered to the point that in in a lot of the cases the data engineers have actually shifted under them from my from a uh, you know political point of view or from an organizational point of view, and that that way they're able to provide to the board or the CEO or whatever the information that they need. And, wow! Uh, yeah, so I think uh, we're seeing we're seeing the data people becoming much stronger. In that's that's good news too, because folks, the data engineers they're the ones who really get it done. At the end of the day, I mean they're the ones who are doing the heavy lifting. But folks, who pick this up for the podcast bonus segment. You've been listening to DM Radio. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want Viagra at the lowest prices. Never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-357-1583 today to save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-357-1583 to take your call now. Call 800-357-1583. That's 800-357-1583. Again, 800-357-1583. 
KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley. NBC News Radio, I'm Cameron Fairchild. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.